Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin the next message in his Give Thanks sub-series. This message will be titled Cheerful Community. This series of messages is the final part of our long Bear Fruit series and was originally preached around the Thanksgiving holiday. While it is not Thanksgiving right now, this is still really pertinent information all year long. The text for this message is Acts 2. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. We're going to finish off our Give Thanks series today. We have looked at it from three angles. This will be the last one today. The first one we looked at, the model that Jesus gave us. We looked at the model from the early church, the early believers. And today we're going to, keep, we're going to grab that baton and we're going to look at it, what it means for us to model gratitude and generosity what it looks like for us to operate under the kingdom rule and authority with the mindset that leads us to fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ here in the earth. So we've been looking at this and, uh, you know, last week or last time that we gathered together, y'all started cutting up and acting outside, wouldn't let me do my job, which y'all paid me to do. Um, so we started to look at this a little bit more deeply. And I want us to sit in this. I don't want us to leave out of this passage of Scripture. Because sometimes when we come to church, we always immediately think we got to move on to the next thing. And sometimes you need to do Psalm 46 and be still and know that he is God. What I love about Thanksgiving, really, Simone, is day two. It's not really day one, Ty. It's day two. Let me tell you why. For some reason, I don't know what it is, that stuffing in them yams and that macaroni and cheese, and if you like ham, you get ham, you got turkey. For some reason, it's better on day two. It's something about when when the seasoning set in, especially with the greens, if you cook it with a ham hock or smoked turkey or whatever you put in there, it's something about the greens on day two that it was much better than it was on day one. And so I want you to see that if this was good to us and it was good for the early church back then, it's still good for us right now, and we need to sit and let this marinate in our souls. Because every day with Jesus gets a little bit more sweeter and sweeter and sweeter every single day. Amen. So I want us to see this from the the richness of the text. I want us to begin to see how when we grab a hold of this and we let this dwell within our hearts and in our minds, how much more effective we will be for the kingdom here in our community and to the ends of the world. Amen. Y'all with me? All right, here we go. Here we go. Acts chapter 2. I want us to remember this. That gratitude and generosity, right, is not just a season in the life of a believer. It is the style of life for the believer. You've been hearing all on the news and everywhere, this is the season of giving. This is the season of giving, right? Yeah, that might be good for the world. But for us Every day with the Lord Jesus is a season to give, a season to be grateful, a season to be generous, a season to spread his gospel. I love the way one believer said it. He says it like this. He says, it is not a matter, 
is not what we do that matters, but what a sovereign God chooses to do through us. God doesn't want our success. He wants us. He doesn't demand our achievements. He demands our obedience. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of paradox, where through the ugly defeat of a cross, a holy God is utterly glorified. Victory comes through defeat, healing through brokenness, finding self through losing self. Finding self through losing self. The Bible says to live is Christ and to die is what? So as we think about this, I want you to expand your mind outside of when you talk about generosity. I want you to expound your man, mind, getting my vowels in the wrong words, right? I want you to expound past dollars. This is not about dollars. This is about discipleship. I want to make sure that it's clear because being generous extends past the almighty dollar. It's in your times, it's in your talents, it's in your treasures, it's in your testimony, sharing your, being generous with your testimony of the faithfulness of your, my, our great God in our lives. Being generous with that. Amen? We're all on the same page, right? So here's what, here's what we're going to look at. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, pick me up there in verse 42, and they devoted, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed, where were they? They were together and had all things in what? And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And Day by day, what were they doing? And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, what was he doing? Those who were being what? I want to preach from the title, The Cheerful Community. The Cheerful Community. We've looked at the word in the Greek as it relates to being grateful, generous, generous, excuse me. And we looked at that word, and it gave us the understanding that it was tied into this base word from which we get our English word, hilarious. Harris, and I gave you this example of you've come across something, maybe somebody sent you a text, somebody sent you a meme, somebody sent you a video or something, and it just made you laugh to no end. And every time you think about that, you continue to laugh, right? It's something that just, it sticks with you. It's like that good old thing, it's like that hearty roast beef with some mashed potatoes and that thick old, it just sticks with you, it just stays there. And in like manner, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, Mr. Charles, the song says, my soul cries, I thank God for saving me. 
So it puts us in this cheerful posture every time we think of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. It should lead us to be grateful and generous on command. So, we're going to look at this a little bit deeper today. And being a cheerful giver, being a cheerful liver for the kingdom of God is not something that just lasts for a moment. It becomes part of us. It becomes one lasting moment of our lives. And we all have to decide whether giving and being grateful and living in this kingdom way is going to be drudgery or delight for us. You have to choose this day who you're going to serve. We don't get to live in the gray. You have to choose this day. Am I going to pick up the good news of Jesus Christ and allow his grace to be sufficient for me? Or am I going to try to continue to live life on my own terms, in my own ways, in my own direction, and roll that dice and just see what happens? And what I have learned in my 20 years of walking with the Lord, when I tried to do that, it's always snake eyes. Oh, any old school crap shooters in here? Anybody, anybody used to roll them dice in here? Don't try to act funny. Don't try to be all holy and spiritual. Now, who used to roll dice in here? You understand. There it is. You know, you know about that life. So for us, family, it's imperative. There's an urgency now. I get these emails. I get these text alerts from the American Red Cross, and they always tell me there's an urgency for blood. There's an urgency for blood. There's an urgency. If you just click on the news for about five minutes, there's an urgency for the blood of the lamb to be applied in our families, in our communities, in our schools, in our judicial system. The, the, the blood still works in the blood. There's an urgency for the blood of the lamb in our day and in our time and in our world. Amen? There's an urgency. So I don't want you to just see this from what this does for us, I want you to see this, how this is going to be a great benefit for others. All right? Here we go. Here's the first thing I want you to see. We are able, right, because of Christ, his love for us, his finished work for us, because of Christ, we can live and give gratefully and generously because of his message, which becomes our mindset now. It was their mindset, we good, it was their mindset in the early days, in the early church, what we see here, but this is also ain't nothing changed. There's not a new gospel that needs to be preached. This same gospel that has proven over centuries after centuries, generations after generations, the same blueprint that he gave us back then is the same blueprint that he wants us to follow today. His message should still be our mindset like it was their mindset. Pick me up in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all who believed, verse 44, were together and they had all things in common. In other words, they were devoted believers. They had a commitment 
to the word of God so they can go out and do the works of God. The Bible says that he's creating in himself a people. He's purifying himself for a people who would be zealous for good works. Out of his great work, we go and do good works. They were devoted to it. It made sense to them. What they, were, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. This points back to Acts chapter 1, verse 1, where it says in the first book, the author Luke, the apostle Luke is writing to his beloved Theophilus, and he says, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. If you just, just sit with that for a minute. In other words, he's saying, I'm taking the Lord's baton, and I'm passing it on to you. I'm not acting as if it doesn't apply to me anymore, but what I'm saying is this has to continue to transcend. This continues to have to be multiplied. This needs to be carried on from generation to generation to generation. Oh, Theophilus, I'm taking the teachings of Jesus Christ, and I'm now blessing you with them. So we have an assessment and accountability question here at Rebuild that says, will we be a church that is a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, that is rooted and abiding in his teachings and his spirit. This is a question that we should never get away from. This helps us to assess, are we doing what the Lord said we're supposed to be doing? Are we walking as men and women of integrity as it relates to our faith? Not that you, listen, not that you're perfect, but you realize and you recognize and accept the fact that you've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And your life has immense value. Had it not had that value, God the Father would not have sent God the Son to the cross to pay our sin debt in full. May that never get stale to us. And when we fall short, when we make those mistakes, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. And out of that advocate that we have with the Father, Christ our Lord, now he gives us his grace to do like King David and say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within inside of me. Can we teach holiness today? Because I, I, know, I know some of us want a feel-good message. I, I, I got to give you a real God message. And I hope you knowing a real God message will make you feel good about who he is, what he has done, and will forever continue to do for you. He says, begin to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive. We serve a risen Savior. Your God is not dead. He's what? He's alive. To them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus came to preach and do the work needed to usher in the kingdom of God. So we live by a different code. We live by a different standard, right? And here's what one uh, scholar says about this. He says, the primary reason Jesus came to earth was to inaugurate the kingdom of God. Often we hear that the reason Jesus came to the earth was to die on the cross. Jesus did come to die on the cross, but that death on the cross was for the purpose of establishing the kingdom of God. 
Oh, we got to see this thing bigger and better than what we have allowed ourselves to see it. Amen? And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message entitled Cheerful Community. Mm-hmm.